Right, let's get into talking about the last two games. So we're currently recording this on Monday, 19th of February. Um, so two days after the Ultronum game, six days to recover from the 5-0 battering at home to Fylde. Um, so we're going to have to open those wounds again. Um, just to kind of run you through the kind of the moments of that game. Um, I suppose the first moment, Josh Barrett injured. On comes Josh Stokes, who didn't start the game. Uh, Ustabasi scored in the 28th. Josh Kay, 33rd. And then the ensuing uh, Kean Harris red card for abusive language. Four minutes later, Horton makes it 3-0. Um, so we go in 3-0 down, te- down to 10 men. Uh, Josh Kay comes out second half. 52 minutes scores, make it four. And it, the game kind of fades until the 88th minute when they get their fifth. The kind of main talking point, as we'll go on to talk about, um, is the referee's performance and probably Aldershot's first 30 minutes performance, which was absolutely, um, well, it was pretty abysmal. Um, so we've got the panel of Callum and Julian. Callum returning after first time in 2024, I think. So I'm going to come to you first. Um, what were your thoughts on the uh, the five nil home defeat to Fylde? First of all, uh, I thought I'd show myself after that abysmal quiz. Didn't think I was allowed to show my face for a long time. Um, so we're back. Uh, yeah, Fylde. <laughs> oh, where do we start? I'm going to start with a tour of duty actually from years ago. If anyone was there. They know exactly what I mean. The seven-one defeat, and every ball that was kicked past Jake Cole went in. And since then, Fylde has just been a fish. I just don't want to play. I was quite happy when they got relegated. I sort of kept an eye on them when they came up. So I'm almost not surprised. We had that gap of was it ten days? I think it was. I just feel every team that has a gap like that comes back. Everyone says, oh, they're fresh, they're ready to go. And boom, hit with a big defeat. You know, we've played so many games this season. It's almost better to come quickly. So I think we perform better as a team. Um, I know Tommy changed it around and put O'Keefe and Theo sort of in that central defensive mid. Uh, every time I see that, uh, it's, uh, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't like it. Um, takes away being able to release someone forward. Yeah. I, I'm sort of, I was surprised, obviously, 5-0. The red card has something to do with that. Um, I, I really wasn't that confident for the game and Files' form is just, you know, it's... I think they're the best form team at the moment in the whole league. So I wasn't surprised. Uh, I like to test it under the carpet, but you've brought it back up. Yeah, you mentioned that the, the 10 days off. We, we had a similar thing with Rochdale. When we played them a few weeks ago. They, I think they were 10 days off and you could tell in that first half an hour who had, who had played more recently. I think that's the main thing that comes out of that first disastrous half an hour or 33 minutes um, before... Harry's is red carded. Um, Julian, how did you how did you see that kind of the home defeat and uh, the first thirty minutes? Yeah, I was I was going to say the same thing about Rochdale. Actually, it, it was a a real case of 
deja vu with that. It just felt that, especially as far as I think they'd beat Neasley at the weekend uh, when we weren't playing. So they were just on a roll. And uh, I, I remember Joe and Ian talking about it in the, the previous podcast, saying they're a little bit uh, wary of, of the filed game. And there was me going, no, don't worry. Uh, we'll we'll pick up seven points, no problem. Um, but um, yeah, they they were spot on, weren't they? And and it was just uphill from the very first minute. It felt like, and it looked like we were we were sort of walking in concrete. It was just such a, a really odd experience. And once obviously they'd gone two 0 down and the sending off, which I thought was ridiculous to be honest. But we can talk about that in a minute. But uh, no, it just felt to me as if it was always going to be one way traffic. And you know, once we were two 0 down, down to ten. Um, it was never going to be anything other than a, I was going to say damage limitation, but we, we weren't even able to limit the damage, were we? <laughs> Ended up as five in the end. So one of those days at the office, um, really good comments from Chris Beach, actually. I thought um, he was very complimentary on on some of the things that he said. Um, but yeah, three games in a week. I think Tommy's looking, was looking at the rotation of the players, which meant there was going to be a different lineup. So um, one of those ones, which just a bad day at the office, and um, obviously uh, we'll get on to the auction game in a minute. But uh, as as Callum said earlier on, the games are much better coming thick and fast. I think, and you know, at least it gives us a chance to to uh, make some um, some good calls and to to actually get it out of our system. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, I mentioned there the you mentioned there the uh, filed manager was yeah full of praise for the shot support, uh, which in the second I've not I've, I can't remember a old shot team having, I mean being five four nil down for most of the most of the game in the second half and still people are pretty pretty happy with this season got credit in the bank like but just you know bring on the next game you know um, so that that was pretty wild um, and Callum you mentioned filed run they um, they've won six out of the last seven in the league. Um, and then lost to Barnet at the weekend to obviously our next opponents as we record. So we've we've waited long enough. Let's talk about the ref. Um, Gary Parsons. Uh, the only reason I know his name is because he was chanted from the East Bank. I can't remember that ever happening either um, and was escorted off at halftime or full time. So I guess we start with his performance before the foul and then was it a foul? And was it a sending off? I'm going to come to you, Cal, for those that quick fire free questions. Mate, that's a very good question. I know it's an impossible job being a referee. But uh, uh, before we come on this pod tonight, I haven't seen it since my initial reaction in the East Bank, which I was shouting for a free kick. I've watched it back from the South Stand angle about seven times from there I don't think it's a free kick because I think he's gone down way too easily but when I've looked at it on the last of three watches I'm not sure the file player I don't know his name I'm not sure he was even looking at the ball so there's a lot of there's a lot of um, things in that moment that are so different I think from different angles I think everyone had an opinion. 
I think from the east bank, it was very much a free kick. South stand, not sure. So I've got no idea what the north stand was. So I don't know where Julian sits. It'd be great to find out where he was on that. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Um, I, I I did think it was a free kick, and I was along the the north um, west central part. Um, but I probably have obviously got my order shot goggles on. So I guess if I'd been a fouled supporter, then um, it was a free kick all day long. But uh, for me, it wasn't. And I, and I think the reaction from Keen Harry's says a lot as well, because he's he's so laid back, isn't he? And uh, for him to react in that way, um, you know, I think that again tells you that he definitely thought it was a free kick for sure. Yeah, yeah. So the the kind of the reason Harry's was was sent off was um, after the goal went in, um, which basically happens all in all in the space of ten seconds. Harry's gets pushed or bumped into the back, or the player uses his body, picks up the ball, slides into Kay, who then finishes it. The ref sprints away at a speed I've never seen before. Harry's pursues him. The ref stops. Harry stops, bumps into him, and clearly, you know, he's looming over him because he's the referee was quite small. Harry's is big. Um, clearly says something and gets a straight red card. All the while this is happening, the Falcons are goad in the East Bank. So <laughs> it was it was a, a sensory overload for that um, 15 seconds. Um so yeah, so that's the the context of the uh, the red card, and the game. Yeah, as we said before, kind of faded after that. I don't know if we if we've got any other comments on on the ref's general performance because I don't think it was just that um, that decision whether it was or not. I think there was a few before that and quite a few before half time that were contentious. What do you think, Cal? I mean, it wasn't consistent. I think we find this at this level throughout the whole season that every single ref is quite different in how they approach the game. Um, you know, I, I thought there were things let go and then given quite a lot. There's quite a lot of difference. And when there's no consistency uh, week to week, I mean, the, you know, we've got, we've got a mixture of players as well. We football league players, we've got players that have played lower. So, so much mixture in this league. I just, it, some days it's hard. I think one of those was um, so many different heads, so many different views of opinion, and it was just constant clash. Uh, I wasn't surprised. I, I thought there might be more sending offs, to be honest. Yeah, after that, um, so to only be one. But when you said the ref was literally running away, yeah, I said that at the same time. I've never seen a ref sprint from a goal to try to get to the halfway line as quick as possible. So I think that really probably sums it up, thinking that he knows he probably hasn't quite got it right. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure now. Yeah, I mean, it is hard. Because when a decision like that then immediately follows a goal, that I mean, it must be the worst feeling <laughs> as being the one that makes that decision. So, I mean, uh, yeah, what can you do? Um and Julian, what, what do you think generally about the, the kind of ref's performance? Yeah, it's it's a tough it's tough being a ref, and that you've um, you're never gonna. You know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, probably two or three really good refs have been with us this season, um, but that you you know you cannot put that performance in that category. I think the problem we've got at this level is that 
you've got up and coming refs who are still learning their trade and you've also got refs that are sort of stuck there and they're not good enough to ref in the the football league so they've sort of reached the top and then they just stay there uh i'm not sure how long uh, mr parsons has been refereeing for but uh i'm just wondering whether he's one of those that um he's never going to go any higher and and so he's just sort of found his level and and um he's taken it out on us <laughs> this ref actually on tuesday night ended up being the fourth official championship match was it you I think I didn't notice that. Might be that might have been friend of the pod, Dan, who mentioned that. And I was thinking, how can you go from National League to fourth official and be seeing the same game we are? Um, I'm just I don't get it. Yeah. Maybe he's got booted there to get some experience because uh, I'm sure there was definitely a, a file, <laughs> a report somewhere to. The FA definitely. I think had it been had it been the free game ban for Kian Harris for um, I don't know what that's actually called, but you know pushing the ref or whatever, then I think there would have been a, a an appeal for that red card. Um, but in in the way it's abusive language, it you know it's probably said the c word and that's it. Um, Dan did also mention that this is the same ref that was the ref for the Woking Aldershot game. The Mikel and Jolie three two last minute game um, where there's a few contentious decisions. I think was that the game with two penalties, I believe. So um, yeah, some some strange decisions there as well. Well out of his depth there, clearly. Oh, I yeah. said it now. <laughs> oh yeah, what's his name? Gary, if he's listening. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not going to at him on uh, on X or anything. I think he he can. Maybe we could get him on. We could get him on that. Yeah, I don't know if that's does that. Um, does that do something? I don't know. Seems biased, biased to kind of get a ref on and then be like, "So what about that decision?" And then the next time he refs us, he's going to be thinking, "Or we, or we ruin it again and like you know come across really badly." And then he gives a decision based on that. Yeah, food for thought. So that's the five nil AFC fold ref debacle. Um, let us know what you think about the ref. I know it's been all over. Facebook and, and Twitter about the different decisions. I mean, I couldn't really keep track of the decisions. There was plenty of little um, bad ones in there that I didn't note down or anything, um, such as losing at 5 nil at home and knowing you've got to get back um, to London. Um, so then we moved on to the TNT Sports uh, Live 5.30 kickoff. Ultrashot against Ultranum, 1-2-0 with two goals at the very end of the first half. Um, first, Tyler Frost with a touch and a left foot strike I've never seen at the, the uh, high street end absolute thunder I, I'm going to might have to bleep it out but thunder bastard is the only way I can describe it he's absolutely smashed it um, and it was great because it was raining uh, the rain like flew off the uh, flew off the net so that was quite good to see even from the east bank and then four minutes later so four minutes into added time Toladge pounced on Barham's kind of cross come shot to uh, to make it 2-0 going happy at half time so, uh, Cal, what do you think about that performance in reaction to uh, the Farhold game on Tuesday night? I think we all expected there to be a reaction. Uh, and there was, I thought Altrin were a really uh, good team, to be honest. I thought they could, they seemed to be able to pass it really quick and well, but they were struggling, I think, in that final third. And when we just got that goal, 
when we did, they tried to push forward as much as they could quite quickly to get a reply. And that just, you know, that's what we wanted, really, because it just set us free. Um, I thought we might have lost the chance and Barham sort of cut inside. And then, because he didn't know, I'm not sure, he knew Frost was coming, but didn't know which side. Uh, and I thought Angle might be all wrong. And I think in the end, he's just had a had a go just because there's no other options. He hasn't grabbed it. And, you know, Taj just poached it. Exactly what you want your strikers to do. Follow up on everything, all the lost causes. And that just summed it up for me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's ideal for a striker, especially when you're one, one striker's making a... 50-yard run, your right wing back's making a <laughs> dashing run down the wing as well, um, and then Tolaj finishes it off. Um, come to you as well, Julian, what are your thoughts on the 2-0 the win? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really funny, isn't it? Because I think um, a few weeks back, I, I said something like, you know, which order shot is going to turn up, and based on the fired performance, you know, we just didn't know which one was going to turn up, but such a, such a great performance, you know, comfortable on the ball, um, the, the back three obviously was was changed because of the the fouled result, and it it really it really looks really mobile. You know, I thought the back three looked really calm on the ball. I thought Hadji in the centre was was the master stroke. I know he's obviously a back three player or a wing back, but I thought him taking over from Harry's that he just looked so comfortable in the middle. I was actually at the match um, with my cousin, who's a Portsmouth supporter. And he was um, he was well impressed with with Hadji, although I don't think uh, he'll be going back there somehow with them heading off to the championship. But um, he also was saying a couple of things which which were so true. You know, he said that Tetek stood out a mile, uh, could see the quality of Tetek on the night, and also the fact that that rain was coming down all the time. You know, it was it was just set up beautifully to shoot on sight, and of course, that second goal was was exactly that. The goalie spilled the ball, and and uh, Toraj was there to finish it off. But um, no, I felt really comfortable, really comfortable, and uh, like Callum said, I was I was impressed with Orchingham as well. You know, uh, Chris Con Clark in the middle there was just finding pockets of space which I didn't even know existed. Yeah, you know, he he just um, just sat in that space and. And every time the ball pinged through to him, he just charged off. And you can see why he scored so many goals this season. But um, again, I, th- I agree with um, you know what was said earlier in that, you know, that they weren't at their best up front. And I think they could probably do with a, a Tollage and a Stokes probably just to, uh, you know, to, to get them over that final step. But uh, yeah, I was a bit frustrated looking at their goal difference. They've got plus 17 goal difference and obviously we're still on our amazing minus four. But um, I couldn't quite work out how their goal difference is so good when they didn't look that effective up front. So um, obviously I don't see them every week in, week out. But uh, yeah, that no, was a really good game. As that that, um, that phrase this year, bounce back ability, um, has come in a couple of times and and I think that's all we could ask for was was that performance. It was amazing. And I've got my um, rose-tinted glasses on and think we're going to have a great game tomorrow against Barnet as well. But uh, we'll wait and see which one turns up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess the, the Chris Conclark was, I mean, a standout for me, to be honest, watching him. Um, 
And yeah, amount of times I just shouted, number 10, number 10, he's free again. Um, because yeah, he was finding those gaps. He did remind me a lot of, I know it's, it might be just because he's wearing number 10 and in that same position, but very much like Josh Stokes at the start of the season, the way he was using his body to to get the ball and turn and get on the other side of a, of our midfield was uh, was quite nice to see, especially when we were winning because then I was able to just broadly enjoy it but, um, without that. Um, so yeah, I guess you've, you've mentioned a couple of players there um, in terms of standout performers. Um, Tyler Frost got the official or the sponsors man of the match for his goal and general. I mean, he, he was brilliant on the right-hand side um, all game. Um, Callum, who'd you, who would you have down as your, your man of the match for the Altrinum game? Oh, I thought on the day Frost um, was superb. Uh, I really think uh, Minoga from actually not really playing in that team for a while. Uh, he's been playing in sort of the, the wing-back position when he's played with us since uh, Jones got injured. Uh, I just thought he just commanded it superbly. You know, he's definitely above this level. Uh, just be nice if we could nick the playoffs as maybe the first ever team to go up with a minus goal difference and then keep him on in League 2. Because uh, I think that's probably, at the moment, you know, where a lot of these players could play. He, he was superb for me. That's the positive thing about this season, though, isn't it? You've got We've got Minoga, we've got... Stokes, we've got Tolaj, and we we look at them and we're pretty confident they could fit in at the level above. And that's that's exactly how I felt 16, 17. I was looking at these players like, you know, they're probably going to leave us if we don't get promoted this season. And I mean, lo and behold, that's kind of what happened. Um, and and Julian, do you have any other standouts? I know you mentioned, mentioned Tetek before. Um, I will mention him if you don't. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've said my piece on Tetek. He just uh, impresses me every single game he plays. Um, not quite sure what's happening with his contract because um, it sounds as if uh, the word is that he's signed until the end of the season, which means that, you know, that that's good news, first of all. But I just cannot see how we can keep hold of him the way he's playing. He he just looks so comfortable on the ball, makes everything look easy, even made um, Witherington look good, look good as well. Um, so and, and they played well together, there's no no doubt about it. You know, give him credit when uh, when credit's due. So yeah, Tetek just seems to have so much time on the ball. He's he's one step ahead of everyone else and just finding those gaps links up really well with Stokes. Um, who again is really sort of quick on in thought. So yeah, loved loved his performance. Uh, Tyler Frost was excellent again and was was one of our, the players I thought was going to to really stand out for us this season. And yeah, he he has been excellent, Tyler Frost, and obviously can play in a number of places. So thought he fully deserved that award. Um I thought um Meniezi at the back was probably had his best game. Uh, again, mentioned that mobility in the back three. I just felt that he looked really comfortable. And, you know, if we can keep that going, I think uh, Kobe's uh, got a, an injury at the moment. So uh, if we can keep that going, then, you know, is there a place back in the team for Kean Harris? I don't know whether he'll get back in. But um, on that performance, then I guess I would keep it as it is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what Tommy does. Obviously, he changed it quite a lot for the fouled game but I think a few of those were forced changes obviously we're not, weren't sure where Tetek was we weren't sure where Frost was I think Frost was ill um, 
so that that meant that we had O'Keefe and Widrington in that the midfield. And I mean, the drop off is is quite stark when we've got Tetek and Widrington to O'Keefe and Widrington. It, there, as Callum mentioned earlier, the the lack of mobility in the middle is is, is quite a big difference. Um, so yeah, we're going to need. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to nail down an eleven um, for for tomorrow night, to be honest. So um, yeah, so everyone mentioned kind of Tetek, Hadji, Harfield again, obviously has another 8 out of 10 performance as he does every week he's another that could probably easily fit in at League 2 level um, and I think Josh Stokes probably had his best game since his move to be honest I think he's um, he's found it hard being kind of the man that's been targeted a lot but um, he had a bit more space this time and and, and showed his class I mean it, it, I'm sure he'll be in goal involvements very soon okay well those are the two two kind of main results that we've wanted to talk about Um I guess any other business was uh, what did what did everyone get up to on your weekend off without Aldershot? I know Joe, the uh, panel member from the last normal pod, had his stag do, so we'll catch up with him when he's when he's back on the pod. Um, maybe maybe in this episode, but um, I don't know if he's free. Um, Callum, what did you get up to? Uh, I cannot remember. Will all I know is I felt so lost. I don't know what to do. Like. I think the week revolves around Saturday at three o'clock. Doesn't know where I am. Did you not get a soccer Saturday on at all? Well, I remember what I did. Right. Okay. We'll get you a diary for next morning. The FA Trophy uh, that we weren't there. I mean, that's that's what I was doing. I was keeping. uh, I think I was keeping. Is it FA Trophy week? I think I was keeping an eye on Gateshead. Just try and see when that's going to be arranged. I would like to go to Gateshead. That'd be nice. So you spent spent the most of the weekend just dreaming about going to Gateshead. I mean, listen, horses for courses. And Julian, what did you get up to? Oh, I can't say it was anything exciting, Will, to be honest. It was uh, normal sort of dad taxi duties. Um, oh, you're free at the weekend, dad. Can you take me here? Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? So, uh, yeah, it was uh, nothing more than, uh, than uh, driving around South Wales, Picking things up and dropping things off. That's all it was, Will. Not many not many free weekends in the season, so um yeah. I I was in Norwich for the weekend for a thirtieth birthday, which was very nice. Played football. Uh, the standard was horrendous, so you know, it, it brings kind of a bit a bit more context to watching older shot when you see five five lads that haven't played football very regularly for four years trying to uh play heads and vols on 3G surrounded by kids playing football as well so you have to really temper your um, swearing when you when you sky one over the bar um, so that, that was fun that was a good weekend um, and then finally I guess score predictions for um, the shots game tomorrow night which will be uh, which you know the feedback and we'll be talking about it in about two minutes time but um, before that we'll get your score predictions Cal and your score predictions Julian I think tomorrow is going to be even tougher than Altrium game. So uh, I feel like we've got a bit of momentum. momentum and oh, it's Barnet, though. We always seem to just miss out against Barnet. So is this the tide? You know, if we if we get three points, we really open that playoffs up. So I think it's going to be two-all draw. But if we can nick it, that'd be great. And what about you, Julian? Do you know what, Will? I, I really haven't got a clue on this one. 
really haven't got a clue. I just don't know which Aldershot is going to turn up. But I also don't know which Barnet is going to turn up either. You know, they whacked in four at the weekend against Fylde. Um, but they've they've had some horrendous results recently too. So um oh, I don't know. It depends. I guess it depends a little bit on the lineup as well. You know, I think um all the time Tommy had this sort of three games in a week philosophy, and I and it wouldn't have surprised me if he had worked out each team um you know before the three games started. Uh, with a bit of rotation in there. So, you know, does, does O'Keefe come back in, in the centre? Um, I don't think Rose going to make it by the sounds of it with, with his injury. So let's say, um, I, I think if we win, and, and it's a really good time to win because if you look at all the results or the, the fixtures uh, tomorrow night, all the other teams are playing away. And, you know, if there's ever a time for us to to really sort of make our mark, then it's tomorrow night. So um, let's go positive. Let's go 3-1. Love that. Love a 3-1. Um, I I did actually put a bet on Oldershot File to be 3-1 and Glover to score. So I don't know what that says about what tomorrow's night's going to be. I'm going to go 2-1. I think we'll win. Um, I, I don't think I've ever predicted us to lose, so I mean, don't know what that really adds. Um, Barnet did have some good news today. Apparently, they are planning to move back to Barnet after how many years? Six years in the uh, in where is it again? <laughs> I never remember. Hive, the hive. Oh, it's a horror. Is it Harrow? Um, I believe it was actually. I don't know that, but I believe Willstone. Yeah, it's meant to be Willstone's ground, ground yeah. and then Willstone afford it or something something happened like that yeah and um then barney got it it's a horrible place to go it's it's about as yeah so soulless the journey there so, yeah it's very soulless yeah and, and the journey out there is is rubbish but yeah they're looking to move to south underhill so back in back in barnet so that's good news for them is that where they played before will are they going back to the old ground i i think it's nearby it says south underhill i think underhill was just in Underhill. So, um, yeah. It says Chipping Barnet is where Underhill Stadium was. But, um, I remember going there before many years ago and um, there was a lot of green green land behind the, the um, stadium. So whether or not they're going to build there, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because they'd, they'd initially, I think, had a lease of two years with the council for the Hive. And they were going to move out. I think they were planning on moving out, but then extended it for four more. Um, so yeah, I guess they've just been playing the the waiting game to finally start moving back. I think it's like a six to eight thousand um, capacity stadium, so just right. I mean, hopefully they learn from the mistakes of the hive and don't charge twenty four quid to get into the main stand. Um, with any luck, hopefully they don't wait as long as we do for uh, news on ground development either. Oh yeah, we need. We'll probably need an episode on that at some point. <laughs> we'll, we'll get, we'll get a question and answer with the uh, the architects or the uh, structural engineering team. Definitely. Yeah, grand, right? Uh, and after this, you'll hear our thoughts on Barnet. So I thought we played very steadily today, and we were very patient. I thought uh, the first half wasn't a memorable half of football. Um, Barnet, I thought, defended very solidly, and I thought we defended very solidly. Um, it's generally not much to talk about from that half, but um, us defending solidly is 
I suppose a talking point because um, a goal as half at the wreck this season has has been quite rare so that was interesting to to see I thought the second half we came out with a lot more purpose um, I think we sort of clocked on to the fact that Barnett was sitting back and Tommy sort of um, I think pushed the team on a bit more he timed the substitutions really well um, I thought Barham coming on for Daly was the right decision I don't think Daly played badly but um, that was his first sort of proper start and um, you know he ran, he ran well and I think probably his legs had gone by by about 60 minutes and then um, Barham coming on just injected that energy that we needed and and then when Kwame came on as well he caused a real nuisance and I think um, we've seen it a few times this season that when he's come on and we've had Barham on at the same time we've got those those sort of four strikers all making runs into the box um, it is uh, those balls into the box have caused problems and that's where some of the winners we've we've had have come from um, the obviously the equaliser where it wheeled stone ball into the box the Halifax goal and then today um, a sort of drilled cross come shot from Frost I think it was a was a shot really but um, Kwame I, th- I think if you look at it back look at the replay back it looked like he was trying to to sort of almost get out the way but um, perhaps if you asked him he might say he sort of arced his, his back and, and put it in either way his presence in the box there has helped the ball go in and um, he doesn't get enough credit at all I think um, for any, the goals he's contributed and recently obviously with that one today away at Halifax away at Wheelstone he's coming on and winning us a lot of points and is um, I imagine he'd want to be starting but he is he's sort of serving that super sub role that he's filling that really well and um, he deserves every credit um, for coming on and giving his all when he does I thought Menayese um, had a fantastic game today he was really really solid Minogue was solid um, I'm just pointing out Menayese really just because the first game he played just was yeah, away at Wilson he, he looked a little bit off the pace but he's really sort of um, showing us his quality now um, he won everything in the air um, there was quite a I can't remember the Barnet player's name, but one of their strikers was quite physical, and many say he seemed to get the better of that physical battle. And um, when there was some late free kicks with Barnet towards the end, we um, we cope with those well. I think recently another shout out worth giving is um, to Geordie. He seems to be um, a bit more confident with. Uh, crosses crosses from deep and, and claiming and there's a couple of times in the first half as well today where he he um, came off his line well which he's been criticised for a little bit as well so I think he deserves every credit for um, perhaps improving his game That performance was superb everyone was at least an 8 out of 10 we didn't play to centre defensive mids, it just gave us a bit more space. We contained Barnet, and that uh, that three points feels absolutely huge. It literally does feel like tonight there's no stopping us to getting in these playoffs, and I really fancy it now. We've been all the teams around of us, around us, so we have to go go. All the way to Wembley. It's calling us. It's finally calling us. I'm sure it is. Little break to Saturday. And, you know, let's hope we get a result away at South End. 
because then we really are, I think, steamrolling in one direction. Hopefully, Barham's injury is not too bad. But Thomas coming on daily was electric. He just ran everything. So, tonight's performance, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, if you look at tonight's results, um, it's quite interesting, actually. This playoff picture, as we've discussed on a previous podcast, um, the positions within the playoff race have changed around a lot and continue to change around a lot. Um, Altrincham have dropped out of, the, out of that top seven now, and, and they've been sort of in that top seven for most of the season, really. Um, so they'll be looking to bounce back from a couple of couple of defeats in the last couple of games. Um, be interesting to see how they react to that. Um, Gateshead got a win away at Kidderminster, which, with Kidderminster's recent results, um, is a really good result for Gateshead, and they recently um, don't look to be sort of dropping off at all. Um, so I'm quite worried about them, really. Um, so I suppose from the shots perspective, we want to hope that Altrincham don't bounce back and that Halifax don't mount a charge because at the moment we're we're in, we're in fifth and if we we've, we've got points on the board and if we can just continue to um, keep that home form up and pick up some points away, hopefully we're good for the playoffs. A fantastic evening, Will, with a superb result and. Who would have thought that two clean sheets and two wins from those two home games after our result against Fylde? Although I wasn't there tonight, I was uh, eagerly listening on the radio and really came across as pretty comfortable, if I'm honest, and always felt as if we were going to score, although... Obviously, they left it a little bit late. But, um, yeah, absolutely delighted with the result. Was a little surprised that uh, Daly started ahead of Barham, but the amount of effort Jack Barham puts in, it's totally understandable to give him a bit of a break. And, obviously, him coming on after about 60 minutes or so was obviously a plan to really use his pace against a tiring uh, Barnet defence. So although obviously the uh, injury happened towards the end of the game, which by all accounts doesn't look too promising, again, it was a, a really good call from Tommy Widrington. When I saw the lineup, I was uh, really confident with, with that lineup too, that we would do something. Uh, it really came across in the commentary that uh, Barnet were playing quite one-dimensionally, hitting the uh, the guy at the top. Uh, whereas, you know, our game is, is just so fluid at the moment, really mobile, really pleasing on the eye. And uh, obviously for those that were there, uh, an absolute joy to watch. South End away on Saturday, I think it's one of those games where we may slip up. Um, I'm not saying I think we will, but I'm saying it's it's one of those games a bit like the Fylde game where we need to be apprehensive. I don't think Southend are um, as good a side as Fylde. Um, if you look at their recent results, um, I mean, they've drawn away at Oxford City at the weekend. They're not really um, 
scoring many at all. Um, yeah, struggling for goals. Um, so with our defence looking a bit more solid, if we can get an get an early goal against Southend, I think um, we can really hope for a positive result there. But if we give them time to get into the game, if they nab a goal, they may, you know, get a bit of newfound confidence. Um, but at the moment, um, I'm slightly apprehensive just because it's the shots and this is exactly the sort of game historically where we go and we just we're looking really positive and then we pick, we'll pick up a result that um, goes against our good performances that's just me being pessimistic but um, if you're looking at form and you're looking at quality of the sides I think um, we can go there and get a result but um, we just need to be very careful about our mindset going into that game and um, I suppose the one worry for us, uh, or the concern, is is the extent of Barham's injury. Um, he is a crucial part of our front line, and I just really, really hope that he, it was just a light knock and that he won't be out for long, um, because I think he, well, as we saw um, in the Barnet game, he really can make an impact um, and and change games. So I just hope for the sake of our playoff push um, and for Barham's season really that he can recover from whatever has gone wrong with him this evening whatever knock he's picked up and be back scoring goals as soon as possible Yeah, with regard to the, the playoff picture it was a really good night with uh, Barnett, Solihull Moors, Altrincham and Oldham all dropping points uh, but having said that you know, the next few games are um, going to be quite tough and for us to still be in the playoff picture in two weeks time uh, I think we'll need some results to be going our way for sure and obviously for us to keep picking up points along the way but um, yeah those two results have done us no harm at all and we're definitely in the playoff mix which is going to make sure that the next few weeks are, are really exciting with regard to the game on Saturday, uh, I'm pretty confident uh, that we can get a result. Um, you know, Southend, they don't draw at home. They either win or lose, but they have lost six times at home already this season. So, you know, we can go there really confident on the back of our current displays, really confident that we can go there and pick up a result without any shadow of a doubt. Score prediction from me... I think this one will be a draw, actually. Uh, I'm going for a two-all draw on this one, Will. Well, well, well. What a difference a week makes. There comes a train. 5-0 last week against Fold. I was getting this same train back home. I didn't get back till half midnight. Lost 5-0. Rubbish. Now, however, six points in four days, up to fifth, game on. See it, say it, sorted. Um, What to say about that performance? I am buzzing. Our trains are controlled by uniform and plain clothes revenue protection teams. If you do not hold a valid ticket for this train, you may be issued with a minimum penalty fare of £100 or face prosecution. 
Nice. Nice little addition there. Um, our defence is patrolled by three brilliant centre-halves who have come away with two clean sheets. Also, shout out to Geordie for that as well. Um, he was solid today, didn't have much to do, to be honest. He has a pretty blunt Barnet attack. I just can't believe how comfortable we made it look. I mean, obviously, we, had we come away with a nil-nil, which it was looking likely for some spells of that game, we just thought we've maybe missed our last chance. But my God, when it came off, I mean, I didn't see it, to be honest. Got a pillar in my way on the East Bank, but I've been told it came off a back or the bum of Kwame Thomas. And uh, yeah, what a time. He always just pops up with those important goals. I'm just, yeah, always so happy for him. He, he grinds, he works as hard as anyone when he comes on. He gets his sparing uh, little cameos for this team and uh, absolutely unreal. What a win. And also in terms of the the league position, I just can't can't fathom how different it looks from last week because after that 5-0, we were outside the playoffs. But, I mean, am I right in thinking we were 10th or 9th? Ultram at home did feel big. Playing fourth at home. And we've comfortably beaten them with a with two goals at the end of the first half. And then to come to third in the league, who had beaten us earlier in the season, I just, I, it's it's unbelievable how, how we've turned it around. And I know this team, this team approaches every game exactly the same. And Tommy says, says as much in his uh, pre-match things, but it is, it's a joy to watch and just, from minute one today, they were all on it. Josh Stokes, Tolaj, Daly from the front. All three of them were hassling and harrying their defence. And obviously Tolaj put in another 10 out of 10 performance. Stokes, a solid eight. Daly, with, Daly just basically looked like he'd just been watching videos of Jack Barham. And uh, yeah, that really set the tone, that first 10 minutes. And uh, I mean, yeah, we can beat the best. That's basically what we've proven this season. We, we can beat those teams in the top top half and, and those around us. Obviously, we'll find out in two weeks' time how we get on against uh, Oldham at home, which is going to be a huge game. But in between that, we've got Southend on Saturday. And to be honest, I'm, I'm relishing it. I, I can't I can't remember the last time I've looked forward to going to, to Southend. I've always expected a defeat. And this is the first time we're going there, and I think we're favourites. Uh, so, uh, wow, what a moment that is, turning up at Roots Hall as favourites to win a football match. Um, and then obviously after the South End game, we've got a midweek where we're not playing, and I think there's six or seven games. So the, the league table is going to look mighty, mighty different come uh, Oxford City away on the 2nd of March. Whew. It's all coming so quick, but uh, those, the fact we've played 34 is, uh, yeah, let's see how that goes on. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to try and get home before half midnight tonight. <laughs>